This week's episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Escape the Invasion and Quip. So first off, yes, we do have even more Wool Berkman news. Oh, good. Although this week, thank God, the news is mostly non-news. Mm. After a marathon of increasingly absurd press conferences over the last few weeks, in which our two favorite political operatives claimed to know the identity of the Ukraine whistleblower, then claimed in explicit detail that Elizabeth Warren was in a BDSM relationship with a 25-year-old Marine, then claimed in somehow even more explicit detail that Kamala Harris had an affair with a personal trainer, now things have uh, seemed to have hit a snag for Jacob Wool and Jack Berkman. Yeah, after their Kamala Harris press conference a little over a week ago, uh, and without CNN even mentioning it in the debates... Terrible reporting. Come on, guys. Uh, They almost immediately released one of their signature media alerts about their next press conference, which was to feature Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's longtime drug dealer, who has obviously been supplying her for years with a constant cocktail of illicit narcotics. Now, like all Wall-Berkman allegations, big if true. Yeah. Though it's almost certainly not true. Despite the press conference being scheduled for Monday, Berkman announced on Sunday afternoon that it had been rescheduled to Thursday. In the meantime, though, political genius Nancy Pelosi decided that unlike literally every other berkman Wall smear target, uh, she would actually directly address the subject by quote-tweeting Berkman and making a joke about how her, her drug dealers are uh, Mr. Girardelli, Ben and & Jerry, and Grandma C from C's Candy. How does she stay in such great shape with all that... Nancy, what are you doing? Don't reply. And before you say, okay, boomer, we regret to inform you that Nancy Pelosi, born in 1940, is actually not a boomer and is rather part of the silent generation. Okay. She's older than boomers, Mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that she inexplicably did not remain silent on these Wool Berkman accusations. You're throwing fuel on the fire, Nancy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, as Thursday approached, Jack Berkman really hyped things up by claiming that both Kathy Griffin and Milo Yiannopoulos would be at the press conference for some reason. Well, Milo's not doing shit, and I guess Kathy Griffin isn't either. I guess not. Um, But then, less than 24 hours before it was supposed to go down, Berkman again postponed it, this time blaming the wind. (laughs) Yeah. For now, it's scheduled to go down on Monday, but we won't be there because why would we buy plane tickets to D.C. when these people have proven themselves unable to stick to a damn schedule? Come on, guys. Yeah. We would have wasted time and money by trying to go to this one last week, and I'm glad we didn't. But hey, a lot of you have let us know that you live in the uh, tri-state area. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Yeah. The D.C. Metroplex. So if you live there and, uh, you know, pay attention to Jack Berkman's Twitter feed and happen to attend, be sure to shout us out. Maybe make a sign. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, Also, uh, reporter Zachary Petrizo, who covered the previous press conference for the Daily Dot, uh, he's been keeping his eye on Washington, D.C. area Craigslist postings. And uh, wouldn't you know it, found one job listing that kind of smells like Wall and Berkman. Uh, This is a posting that was seeking an attractive young actress to play D.C. interns in a local reality TV show. Kind of their M.O. at this point. Hmm. Uh, Patrizio also claims to have been in contact with Jacob Wall and tweeted, I asked Jacob Wall why the duo didn't move the presser to the Holiday Inn. He says, they told us that we're no longer welcome to do events there. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, it does. Anyways, that's it for Wall Berkman news. And if Monday's press conference gets postponed again, that may be the end of these guys, at least as a duo. Yeah. Might be the end of the coverage. It's, uh, you know... Well, I don't know what we're going to do on this show without, yeah. without them out there doing, doing their capers. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, aside from that, Jacob Wall is due to be arraigned in California court for some federal crimes related to investor fraud on Thursday. And there's at least a slight chance his ability to travel might be restricted. So tune in next week to hear about that. 
Your Honor, my client needs to be able to travel back and forth between Southern California and Washington, D.C., because he holds multiple press conferences a week accusing high-profile politicians of uh, weird sex stuff. Yes. To take away his ability to leave the state of California would be, frankly, uh, cruel and unusual. He is creating jobs for journalists out there. Yeah. And you really want to take this job creator off the market? And Craigslist actors. Yeah. All right, but let's move on now to some more weird political news. And we're not going to bother updating you all on impeachment and what's happening with that. It's a lot. But because our president, Donald J. Trump, is such a prolifically weird guy, we do have a Trump story for you, sort of, that's pretty bonkers, even for him. Mm -hmm. And if you live over in the UK, you're probably aware of all this because it's become quite the uh, diplomatic incident over there. But uh, if you haven't, strap in. Things are about to get pretty fucked up. Mm -hmm. So back in late August, in the English town of Crowton, 19-year-old Harry Dunn was fatally struck by a car while riding his motorcycle. Obviously very sad, mm -hmm. but uh, unfortunately not a totally uncommon occurrence. It happens. What is uncommon, though, is what happened next. You see, it turns out that the person who killed Harry Dunn is an American woman named Anne Sekoulis. And she'd been living nearby only a few months and apparently hadn't gotten used to the whole driving on the other side of the road thing. Mm -hmm. uh, she hit Harry Dunn head-on driving on the wrong side of the road. So this young man's death is clearly her fault. But... The place nearby where she lived was the American-run RAF Crowton military base when her husband works there. And the next part is very unclear, but apparently both Anne Sekoulis and her husband Jonathan had diplomatic immunity, uh, meaning they can't be charged with crimes committed in their host country. So I guess Jonathan Sekoulis is a diplomat then, right? Well, no. No one's really sure what his job is. Uh, it's most likely he works as a spy for some U.S. intelligence agency, maybe the NSA, though they have come out and denied that he works for them. Would you trust him, though? Mm. I wouldn't. But a crazier yet equally believable theory is uh, the U.K. intelligence agency, GCHQ, which has legal restrictions on domestic spying, uh, brings over NSA people from the U.S., lets them live and work on land that is technically considered part of America, like this military base, and has them spy on U.K. citizens from there in ways that UK intelligence agencies legally cannot. Wow, that's a cool workaround. We fixed the glitch, guys. Uh, thanks to Edward Snowden's leaks, we know that the NSA and GCHQ have worked together closely on US bases in the UK for years now as part of the war on terror, so this is not a huge stretch at all. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Sekoulis also uh, does not appear on any official diplomat lists, and he has never worked for any embassies. Mm. Uh, spies, diplomats aren't the same thing, at least not all the time. Uh, his diplomatic immunity, it's based on a loose and mm, convenient interpretation of the agreement between the U.S. and U.K. about leasing the base. So, I don't know. They keep calling him a diplomat, though, in, like, every news report. Mm. He's not a fucking diplomat. And it's very weird that they keep calling him one. Well, there's a reason why, I'm sure. Yeah. So after the crash, local police spoke to Ann Sekoulis, who claimed diplomatic immunity, but said she wouldn't flee the country. But then at some point in the next week or so, she did just that. She left. And that was with the approval of the UK's Foreign Office, basically their Secretary of State. Dominic Robb, head of the Foreign Office, also admitted that they'd specifically told the local police to delay telling Dunn's parents about this. In early October, over a month after the crash, the story finally makes the news, though Anne Sekoulis is referred to in basically all press coverage as a diplomat's wife, even though her husband isn't a diplomat. 
Dunn's parents start working with the UK government on seeking justice, and Prime Minister Boris Johnson personally gets involved in publicly and privately telling, uh, trying to get Anne Sekoulis to come back to the UK to be tried for vehicular manslaughter. Yeah, because that's what she did. Yeah. She slaughtered a man with her car. Mm-hmm. But it would, it's confusing, Elliot, you see, because... They drive on the wrong side of the road. Everyone knows the American side is the right side of the road. And right and are, wrong. We're all yeah. very aware that here in America, there is a ginormous problem with people from the UK coming here and murdering all of our citizens by driving happens all the time. on their side of the road. Tit for tat, I and, guess. And every time they come up to a traffic light, these people from the UK, they do a whole roundabout. <laughs> the whole thing. I used to hate roundabouts. I love them now. Yeah, they're fun. Between, like, Ireland and New Zealand, uh, I'm like, you... You never stop. You're always going. Anyway, back to the story. The UK Foreign Office, they then came out and said that her diplomatic immunity, uh, for some reason now, no longer applied, I guess because she'd left the UK. She only had diplomatic immunity in the UK, so now it's over when when she left. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that at least opens the door for a civil lawsuit in the US. Uh, Dunn's parents and the representatives then traveled to the US to try their luck over here. Uh, through official channels and just, you know, through the U.S. media. They've been on a bunch of shows. And they've been insisting that they're not out for vengeance. They would even petition for leniency if Anne Sekoulis came back to be tried for a crime. They just want to see, like, you know, justice Justice. play out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And not long after arriving in the U.S., they received an invitation to come on down to the White House today to meet with a senior official. Mm -hmm. That senior official... President Donald J. Trump. And he's got hamburgers. Yep. They showed up. They were led into the Oval Office. And there he was. Surprise. You get to meet the president. Oh, wow. Wow. Cool. But that wasn't even the real surprise. After talking with Mr. President for about 15 minutes, he went for the big reveal. The lady that killed their kid and fled the country to avoid consequences? She's right here. Right in the next room. Right behind this door. Wow. Do you want to meet her? And... You know, obviously, the, the grief-stricken parents, they said, no. No, we don't want to do that. Because, yeah, inviting over two grief-stricken people who rightfully lost most of, the, most of their faith in justice and then surprising them with their son's unrepentant killer like this is a reality TV show uh, thing to do. And it's insane. Yeah. With no notice. Just dropping it on. Your son's killer is literally feet away. Surprise. Yeah. The person who took away your boy, she's right behind that door. The person who upended your entire life, destroying something that you absolutely loved and cherished, a a part of your family, your your seed, the the, the person that should rightfully outlive you and carry on your family's legacy. Do you want to meet her? The murderer is right next door. Come on, you can like spit in her face. Come on, do it. Do it, do it. Anyways, that was Trump's plan, which he presumably also ran by, you would assume, numerous staffers and maybe even the State Department. And there were even a pool of photographers waiting to capture this magical moment. The real photo opportunity. And uh, you do really have to give Harry Dunn's parents some props here. They, they say they had a long back and forth where Trump, the president of the United States, along with multiple other individuals, including National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, who's apparently a huge prick, all of them repeatedly asking the Dunn parents to meet Anne Sekoulis, and they repeatedly told them all no while standing in the fucking Oval Office. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. These are just normal people. Even the most sad and or angry person would have a difficult time shutting this idea down 
given these circumstances. They're getting pressured. Yeah, but they still did because they're only willing to meet with their son's killer if it's in a neutral and agreed-upon environment in the UK, and no one, president or not, is going to convince them otherwise. Especially if you just spring it on them. What are you doing? They did not come all the way over here for a feel-good photo op. They came here to pressure the U.S. government to do the right thing and send Ansicolas back to the U.K. to face the consequences of her actions. So good for them for standing their ground. She's just behind the curtain doing the Joker dance, waiting for the thing to open up. When I come out, Mr. Trump, can you call me Joker? <laughs> just like glitter, fucking smoke machine. Mm-hmm. Here she is, the woman who killed your son! Her dad just fucking decks her. Well, I mean, that would have been cool. No. Uh, anyways, after the meeting, Trump had one of his typical press conferences where he repeats himself over and over again because he has dementia. He said at one point, you go to Europe and the roads are opposite. And uh, <laughs> by the way. All of Europe, the, the roads are opposite. Thank you, President of America, for letting me know that all the roads in Europe are opposite. Yeah. Uh, in case you've never gone there, it's not true. It's literally just it's just the, the UK. UK and other Commonwealth countries. Uh, anyways, he also claimed that Boris Johnson asked him to do it. That was Boris's idea. But uh, then Boris Johnson's people, they came out and said that uh, they very much did not ask for this <laughs> and had simply asked Trump to do whatever he could to resolve the issue. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's what I did. I, I the, did what you asked. It was a perfect meeting. <laughs> Boris, dude, you have to be more specific with your requests. Yeah, you can't. That was way too vague. It was doomed. Trump could have strangled these people. Yeah. I took care of it. They're dead. <laughs> I took care of it. <laughs> now they're all dead. Exactly like you said, yeah. I took care of it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this has uh, turned into quite the international incident between two countries that have historically had a special relationship. It hasn't been covered much over here because there's just so much other shit happening. But over in the UK, it's a big fucking deal, and it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon, nor should it. Yeah, it's a real mess. Yeah, it it peaked here when when the meeting went down. It was all over the news, but then immediately after that, there was like 50 other things that happened. Yeah, we got got an election, we got impeachment, we got, you know, there's wars. (laughs) There's too much shit happening. It's a brilliant strategy for if you're going to be like a bad person who Mm -hmm. does bad things all the time. If you do enough bad, shitty things constantly... No one forgets some of them. Yeah, no one can even notice all of them unless they're really trying. Right after this happened, Mick Mulvaney basically admitted that the quid pro quo, quid pro quo happened. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, it happened. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. Come on. Anyways, uh, yeah, that story is pretty heavy. It fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Let's lighten things up with a story from over in Ireland uh, that also involves death, but it is not so soul crushing. Oh, good. So an Irishman named Shay Bradley recently passed away at the age of sixty-two after. Three years battling cancer, and he was laid to rest, surrounded by friends and family. But during the burial, as the bagpipes played, just after his coffin was placed in the ground, uh, Shay Bradley's unmistakable voice could be heard shouting from down below. Hello? Hello? Let me out, it's fucking dark in here. Where the fuck am I? Uh, he could be heard banging on the inside of the coffin, demanding funeral attendees to let him out, and uh, also sing a little bit. But no, this was not a case of a man being buried alive, but rather a guy who knew he was going to die, arranging for one final prank. Shea Bradley was known in his family as a bit of a prankster, and about a year before his death, he conspired with his daughter, son, and grandson to make the recording to be used during his funeral. And since, you know, he was known as a funny guy, the result wasn't absolute horror for the funeral attendees, but rather a good laugh at a welcome time. Very surprising that no one jumped in (laughs) frantically trying to peel it back. Get him out! Yeah. He's alive. 
Now, uh, not too many people out there have the opportunity to lighten the mood at their own funeral, uh, but this guy figured out a way, and it was uh, very, very cool. It was uh, kind of like He brought the, the crank, as they say. Yeah, it was, uh, if you've seen the National Lampoon, the movie about National Lampoon, the guy that died, oh, they, yeah, had, yeah. They, had, they had a big food fight at his funeral. That was fun. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Well. The problem is now... Everyone's done. Everyone's gonna do it. Yeah, this is gonna be tell anyone. This is gonna be the new like uh, gender reveal thing where people are gonna they're gonna come up with crazier and crazier funeral pranks. Like uh, they're gonna be like, all right, put a put a fake body in a fake coffin and Mm -hmm. then like accidentally spill it out. So everyone's like, ew, gross. I like the ones they do. I forget what uh, what country is it's popular in, but the ones where they uh, at the wake they set people up in. Either on or doing something that Puerto they Rico. Do. They put them on the motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, one guy playing PlayStation. Very popular in Puerto Rico. Uh, they used to and do also it in New America. Orleans. New they Orleans. To... Uh, they still do that kind of shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Anyway, before we get into headlines, it's time to do some ads. Mm-hmm. This episode is sponsored by Escape the Invasion. You ever wonder what you would do if you found yourself in the middle of a post-apocalyptic world that has been ravaged by a deadly virus inflicted by aliens? Well, from the makers of Hunt a Killer, the popular true crime mystery subscription game, comes Escape the Invasion, the sci-fi game where you are a survivor on a rapidly dying Earth after an alien invasion. With Escape the Invasion, you will receive your box of clues, physical items, and evidence each month. It's up to you to piece it all together and solve the mystery to save humanity. In Escape the Invasion, you find refuge in a government bunker, but is it safer than the outside world? Can you trust your fellow survivors? You think you're safe now that you've found refuge, but there's a council that creates and controls every aspect of your life in that bunker. What will you choose, freedom or safety? Not everything is as it seems in this challenging game where you must decide who to trust. Your decision will determine the fate of the story, the bunker, and maybe even humanity itself. Escape the Invasion has been described as an escape room delivered to your door, where Fallout meets Alien. Play with friends, or if you prefer a solo adventure, you can interact with the online community to swap theories and help others out. High-quality handcrafted clues get you lost in this post-apocalyptic world and make you feel like humanity truly is in your hand. Right now, our viewers can get 20% off your first box by going to escapetheinvasion.com weird. That's escapetheinvasion.com weird for 20% off your first box. Escapetheinvasion.com weird. Can you survive the alien apocalypse? Can you do it? This episode is also sponsored by Quip, a great toothbrush that we both use and love. Simplify your mornings and events with a simpler electric toothbrush from Quip. You probably know you're supposed to be brushing your teeth twice daily for two straight minutes, but Quip takes the guesswork out of that by giving you a vibrating pulse every 30 seconds to tell you to switch sides. Now, you might also think that with electric toothbrushes, the more power, the better. But you'd be wrong. Quip gives you a nice, gentle vibration because it turns out a lot of people brush too hard, and a lot of electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. Uh, Also, because 75% of people are brushing with worn-out, old bristles, Quip even sends you a new brush head every three months automatically, and that's just five bucks. And Quip's multi-use cover is great at home and on the go, functioning as both a stand that mounts to your mirror and a travel case. We both use Quip uh, every day Mm -hmm. and love it. It's simple, it's effective, it's not a big old eyesore like a lot of these you know, electric toothbrushes can be. Mm -hmm. There's no wires or chargers, and it runs for three months on a single battery. But don't take our word for it. They've also got the backing of 25,000 dental professionals and the American Dental Association. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash weeklyweird right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash weeklyweird. All right, now now, uh, let's look at some headlines. Get into it. 35-year-old CEO slams other millennials for entitlement despite being handed CEO job by his dad. 
these damn millennials, which I am a part of, they all suck, except for me. Yeah. I'm great. All I got the was rest a of them are bad. Small loan of his entire business, <laughs> and uh, everyone else is lazy. This guy, he's just been getting fucking roasted for last week, and deservedly. He pull up your dockers, kids. He's an Australian. Mm-hmm. I don't know the company, but it's some appliance manufacturer that has been around for like a hundred and twenty years or some shit. So it's not even just like the family business. It's a, a legacy. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a legacy. Uh, he's like the sixth generation. So yeah, I, you know what? I'll bet he runs it in the ground within the next twenty years. Uh, that would make me very happy. But mm-hmm. the, the thing is, when you get to that status, it's pretty hard to fail. Well, unless you're a complete fuck-up. Yeah. But there's still we'll time. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he, he's, uh, he's just like, yeah, these millennials, like, they don't want to work too hard. You know, they get this idea of life from Instagram where they think they have to, like, spend all their money. Like, they can't be frugal. Uh, well, I agree with that. Also, the, I mean, he's not wrong about that, but he's... <laughs> Like in the he's same, living a privileged life. In the same where, breath, yeah. he's like, yeah, my management st- style is a little different because I didn't have any management experience when I got this job because <laughs> wow. it was handed to me by my dad. Wow. Why can't more millennials be like me? Hmm. Why can't more millennials have just the biggest golden parachute on earth and never have to worry about anything so they can focus on the real shit like working, grinding that nine to five? And let me tell like every fucking executive I've ever met who's all about that grind, they spend their entire day in fucking meetings. Mm-hmm. Which, or meditate. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, I, it's work, but a lot. it's like fucking going to lunches and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's not a grind. Yeah. You're, you're mostly just meeting with people and then being like, all right, my people will call your people and they'll do the work. Yeah. I'm just here to like be the face. So the problem here as well that I see is that maybe one day he would have had the epiphany that he had things handed to him, but now that like people are angry, he's like, he's that, just, "That's just more millennials <laughs> digging digging his heels in." Like when yeah. someone when, when someone is wrong and yeah. they dig dig in, you don't admit you're wrong yeah. online. Exactly. That's... So he's only like further solidified this this statement because of the reaction, and like maybe one day he would have been like, "You know what? Fuck! Wow, I'm I have a lot luckier than people." Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Wow, I can, they kind of just handed me everything. And then he made the greatest dishwasher the world had ever seen. <laughs> Doesn't even use water. Yeah. Amazing. Uses yeah. sand. Mm-hmm. Man walks 351 miles to have sex with teen girl. Instead, he met an undercover cop. At least he doesn't have to walk back. No. No, they're, they're going to give him a ride. Straight to jail. That's, I mean, he was probably in great shape by the time he got there. I mean, that's a long walk. How a many long is walk. that a week? Two weeks? Uh, yeah, it took him like a couple days. He didn't walk the whole way. He would take like city buses in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think he might have used like uh, some scooters <laughs> when he could. It's great for pedophiles. Was he was he what, did, was he carrying a bag of condoms and Bartles and James the entire time? <laughs> I don't know. I like to imagine he was though. Yeah. Like, I really should have just waited till I got near where I was going to buy the Bartles and James. This shit's heavy. Yeah. Walks in. Hey, I'm here. Uh, sorry, I, I brought I had brought some wine coolers, but it was a long trek. I drank them. So I drank the I drank the wine coolers. Yeah. Uh, apologies. Also, if you, can I take my shoes off? My dogs are fucking barking down here. You I've walked a long way. How about you run a bath? <laughs> uh, no, it was it was committing a very very bad crime and was arrested. It was yeah, like, and you can't really make the like uh, you know crime of passion argument that a lot of these pedophiles make. 
when you, you know, yeah. once, when you walk 350 miles from, like, Indiana to Wisconsin. To, I mean, he was to, passionate about it. He walked he, all that he, way. He wanted it. I, I think that much <laughs> is clear. Yeah. He really wanted it. What would you walk 350 miles for? Uh, Popeye's, a, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Not a lot of things. Yeah, maybe that. You know, some people do that recreationally. They don't need a teen girl on the other end. They're like, they're like you know what? I'm going to go uh, hike the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. They don't do it for a teen girl. They do it so they can find themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. apparently this guy didn't find himself along the whole path. No, he uh, he did not. Yeah. Well, better luck next time, buddy. Blood fills Iowa family's basement. Just in time for Halloween. Yeah. yeah. And they Turn live, it into uh, a haunted house. They live next door to a slaughterhouse. So, <laughs> so their, their lives so, aren't, already aren't great. So you know how, like, you know, the plumbing, the way plumbing works in cities, if one of your neighbors clogs things up enough, everyone's... Shit gets backed up. In this case, with the neighbor being a slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. uh, what what they backed up wasn't like condoms and paper towels. It was uh, blood and guts from yeah. from probably thousands of animals spanning years. And uh, you know, it went. It took the path of least resistance into this family's basement. And like five inches of just blood. This gore. is what I'm saying. Like. I'm sure they're lovely people, but you gotta assume that if you're living close enough to a slaughterhouse to where it can flood your basement, you're not really living your best life. Because no. even driving by the sla- slaughterhouse yeah, on can, the five is like you can smell death, and uh, all like the the smell of cow shit in the air choking yeah. you yeah. constantly. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully they sue the the slaughterhouse and they get enough money to move away from it. Or. Open that shit up. I don't really know. Charge what admission. S- I don't know what they could sue him for, actually. Come on down to the spooky basement. It's filled with real blood. Mm-hmm. You're going to attract a lot of gods with that basement. Yeah, I mean, how many haunted houses are there in, like, rural Iowa? Probably not a lot. Mm-hmm. They, this is a market opportunity for them. Sure. The Iowa blood basement. Five inches of real blood. <laughs> we don't have a health department here in this city, <laughs> so... Uh, I, hope, I hope one day they're able to move away from the slaughterhouse. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah, the haunted house would be all, the added bonus of having a haunted house. There would be the the sounds of death sheer feet away. I mean, that house is now haunted by the ghosts of thousands of animals. Mm-hmm. It's not going away. No, you go down to the basement late at night. Bah! What the fuck was that? I don't own a sheep. No. Oink! The sheep. What? You. There's a pig down here too. That's how. That's. I don't own a pig. The book Animal Farm is about that, right? Something like that. Uh, woman claims brother fed her meth sandwich after failing sobriety test. It's a classic. Yeah. Well, when you're in a stressful situation, you're dealing with a cop. Yeah. You got to come up with a story real quick, and sometimes they're creative like this. 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 Uh, but I love how she threw her brother under the bus. Uh, he fed me a meth sandwich. It's uh, it's a prank he does. he does. I'll give you his address. He does sandwich pranks. This yeah. is one, he's one of the guys I do sandwich pranks with. I'll give you his address so you can go find all the meth he puts in sandwiches. Like, why would you throw a family member under the bus? Well, it's especially weird for this lady because she'd already been caught. Like, they found, like, every fucking drug imaginable in her car. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the meth. She's like, no, the meth wasn't me. My brother, uh, he spiked my food. Yeah. The rest is me. Yeah, obviously. It's in my fucking pockets and shit. The meth, though, mm, nah, I've been framed. Yeah. My sneaky prank brother, he really he really did it this time. Put meth in my sandwich. Yeah. What was the what's the Empire Star guy's name from the Chicago uh, fake? Jesse Smollett. Yeah. It's the only thing worse than saying your brother put meth in your sandwich is how he just said he was his brother when he got pulled over for a DUI. Remember that? 
Like before all of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. That's not. Terrible I, brother. Yeah. yeah these, are bad, my brother. these are bad siblings. Yeah. It's usually a sign of bad character. Mm-hmm. Federal prison inmates escape and return with whiskey. It's pretty cool. They, they weren't trying to bust out. Just going on a booze run. I'm just fetching some provisions. Yeah. We're running low in here. Yeah. I'm tired of the toilet hooch. Yeah. So. Uh, that's nice of them to. And I know. hope they brought enough for everyone. Well, they didn't bring enough for everyone because the, the fucking killjoys at the Department of Corrections caught them and probably made them pour it down the, the, the sink and be like, we're going to make everyone gather around. We're going to watch you pour the... This literally happened to me in college. Oh, yeah. My fresh, <laughs> freshman year, me and, like, me and, like, three other guys, one of them had a fake ID. We showed up with just, like, fucking, like, $400 worth of alcohol. Because it's like, we're buying for the month. Yeah. yeah. The fewer trips possible. And, like, we were, like, within arm's reach of our door. And our RA's like, oh, hey, guys. Mm-hmm. Doing a little shopping? He heard a, here's a clink from the bag. It's like, what do you got there? No, no, stay right there. Yeah. And we got caught, and he, he made us go in the communal bathroom and pour all of it uh, down the shower. Yeah. And then it was, a, it was a spectacle. Everyone else from the floor came to watch and be sad. It was, it was like an alcohol funeral. Everyone gathered around. Yeah. And then yeah. we got written out. It sucked. So, <sighs> it's like when you find a cool cop and you have weed on you in a place yeah. where you're not allowed to have it. He just makes you stomp it into the ground. Real yeah. sad. Yeah. Come back a couple hours later and it's still good. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Paris Zoo unveils the blob, an organism with no brain but 720 sexes. As, uh, I would say it would be very cool to put on a roadside attraction off, like, Route 66, but... Uh, this is, like, a weird animal. An actual thing. Like, they don't even know if it's an animal. They, they know for sure that it's not a plant, but mm-hmm. they're... It looks like a fungus and mostly behaves like a fungus, but uh, they figured out that it, it can, like, store memories and, mm-hmm. like, learn things. It's just like... The, the blob. No, the organism in Super Mario Brothers, the movie. They predicted this. It looks like that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's creepy. And they said, they said they can take two different ones and put them nearby, and they'll, they'll merge into one organism, and both of their memories will merge together. So, you know, like, they'll, you'll train one of them to run one maze and another one to, like, do some other thing. You combine them, they, now they know both things. Fucking crazy. That's insane. I would not go near this blob. I feel it's probably some shit the aliens sent down here. Yeah. To, like, steal our bodies or something. Don't go to the Paris Zoo. I'm going to stay the hell away from that Paris it's Zoo. Good. That thing's going to attach itself to, like, a gorilla or something. We're all fucked. Yeah. Think yeah. of all the memories it's going to have. All those mazes it had. A lot, yeah, a lot of anger. Yeah. It's going to be pissed. They kept this majestic beast trapped behind these four walls? Mm. Do they know the strength of a silverback gorilla? They're about to find and out. Boom, rampage. Yeah. UK reality show challenges meat-loving families to go vegetarian or be forced to eat their pet. <laughs> what? UK reality shows are so much better. Though. They're on a another, whole other level. Uh, yeah. Not their actual pet, though. They're, the, this show, obviously, people are signing up for it. The, the show, they'll give them, like, a pet pig or goat or oh, lamb or something okay. yeah, for, like, yeah, a month. Yeah. And be like, this has to be your pet. And then at the end of the month, they're like, all right, now you either sign a contract to go vegan for the rest of your life, or you have to personally kill and eat this pet. The rest of their lives? Yeah, something like that. They're going to get like a farmer family on here that like, are all right, previous, yeah, just brutally slaughtering it on right, camera. I brought my, I brought my lucky knife. Yeah. <laughs> it's dull from all the other pigs I've killed. Yeah. And there's, there's hicks in the UK. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you people call hicks over there? 
Hmm. Probably some fun word. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Speaking of eating animals, new California law. You can eat roadkill. Oh, the roadkill cafe is coming back, baby. Hell yeah, baby. Mm -hmm. You know, why would you waste it? Exactly. Previously, so, like, the whole reason there was a law, this, this was a racket from the police and the parks departments and whatnot, because they would show up to the scene mm -hmm. of, you know, animal accidents. They'd keep the meat for themselves because they were allowed to do it. Mm, but not anyone. It was else. only legal for government employees to eat, to eat roadkill. <laughs> Such a is a fucking rack. Very weird. Yeah. Very weird. No, nah, like, no, no. Don't let the public have the roadkill. Well, especially all like all us, like parks department and like land management and shit like that. Those guys are all like outdoorsy types. They don't give a shit. They're like that's a perfectly good deal. Yeah. Take it home. Yeah, they probably get excited when they get a call about I'll, it. I'll field dress it myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, there a lot of. Uh, a lot of California state employees are going to be real upset now that they're uh, now that the gravy train is, you know, drying up. They have to share all this perfectly good meat with the normies. Yeah, but good to know. Next time you see a dead animal out there, it's yours. You do have you do have to make a call. To, like, I can't remember which some government agency you have to call them and be like, just letting you know, I'm going to eat this animal. And they're like, all right, cool. You're yeah. on, uh, we're going to put this on the list. Great. So. There's still bureaucracy involved. You can't just eat dead animals. Now people are going to be aiming for these animals, though, with their cars. As they should be. Mm -hmm. Men arrested after $50,000 worth of cheese stolen, police say. Yeah, is it a lot of cheap cheese, or is it just a small amount of really good cheese? It was a lot of cheese over a long time. This was uh, a whole, like, cheese distribution ring. Oh, it's like the lady that ate the deli slices or whatever. And no, it was there, way, were... well, there was way more people involved. Too many links it in was, the chain. It was a bunch of employees at some cheese uh, processing place who were taking, you know, as much as they could home afterwards. And it's then, a bonus. And then going around to, like, farmer's markets. And selling it? And selling oh, it. Oh, well, okay, well, that's where it's, yeah. uh, you have to draw the line somewhere. Like, so, $50,000, that's, like, over the course of years and years. Mm -hmm. Just a little supplemental income. If you'd paid these people better, maybe they wouldn't have stolen your cheese and sold it to other people. Shut the fuck up, commie. I say cheese for everyone. Government cheese. Government cheese. Uh, and finally, uh, surprise, MoviePass is still charging some ex-customers credit cards. And why wouldn't they? They need all the money that they can get to bail out this whole company that uh, brought them on. I don't think anyone's getting bailed out. Yeah, no. No, no, no. They're not. This in is... fact, I, I think MoviePass is now just an autonomous like server that all of its previous fuck-ups are still just happening because it's a fucked-up server. The blob took it over. Yeah. The blob the... is now charging your credit card. Fucking Mitch Lowe, the CEO, he came out he's like... These reports are highly exaggerated. There's been one person out of the thousands of people on our server who who's reported this. And then, like, immediately, it's like, you go on Twitter, there's hundreds of people. I'm just like, why the fuck did MoviePass charge my credit card after they went out of business? Mitch. Mitch. You bitch. I can't wait to see where he ends up next. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, him and the other guy, Farnsworth. Yeah. Those, both, both those guys, like, they must have blackmail on someone because they've had long careers in failing businesses, like, Never successful. Somehow they keep well, getting actually, these keep getting the executive jobs. It's a good uh, you know position if a company wants to run an, like a subsidiary into the ground. Yeah, falls a tax write off. They hire the most inept CEO. They Farnsworth can. was the CEO of Helios and Madison, mm -hmm. the parent company. Yeah. Well, he, who owns the parent company? No one. They're okay. they're independent. Actually, right. no. It's uh, I think they're mostly independent. They do have. Some company in India has a large stake in them. It's a mess. But the Indians want that company dead. Yeah. Good. I, 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 what a great job to have. 
Like your entire job is like a CEO that ruins companies for tax exemptions for other parent companies. Yeah. It's like it's like those guys that get paid like a million dollars to like do parent companies. Someone else's place. (laughs) Yeah. A surrogate. Yeah, I'll go in for like five years and come out rich. Sure. Not bad. Why not? Uh, anyways, check your statements if for some reason you're, you were uh, involved in MoviePass at all, even does it, in spite of all of our warnings. Yeah, if you ever were involved with them at all, you, your information is still on file, mm-hmm. and they, yeah, they've got it. Yeah, he's using all of your files to build a little house he can live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for uh, this week's episode of Weekly Weird News. Be sure to check out the brand new episode of News Dump, where we go through the, much like MoviePass, a very long, arduous, comically stupid journey... But yeah. this time for the Gambit movie, which is finally it's officially the movie passive movies. Yeah, and uh, we also talk about all the new Batman news and uh, more. And check out also a new episode of Tech Newsday. Uh, in addition to that, we have the exclusive podcast, which we told you about all week. Head to Patreon or become a member by clicking the join button below. Please visit our sponsors. Keep the show floating, and we will see you very soon. Bye bye.